Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. TFA fam, what is going on in tonight's episode? We are breaking down our top 24 running backs after the NFL draft. A trigger warning for Derrick Henry truthers and Josh Jacobs truthers. Just watch out. And there is a new name for me inside the top 10. Let's go. All right, Kev, let's just uh, let's jump right into this, man. Let's get the people fired up. Let's get them going. Here are our top 12 running back rankings this early in the process. We both have the same one and two with McCaffrey and Barkley. And then you have Kamara at three, Dalvin Cook at four, Aaron Jones at five, Zeke at six, Derek Henry at seven, Chubb at eight, JT at nine, Austin Eckler at 10, Mixon 11, and Akers at 12. And then I have a JT at three, Cook at four, Kamara at five. We have the exact same six, seven, and eight with Zeke, Henry, and Chubb. I am planting my flag on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I don't know if it exactly counts as a plant your flag kind of thing, but I'm putting CEH here at nine inside the top 10. I have Akers at 10, Aaron Jones at 11, and then Joe Mixon at 12. Uh, whenever you were going through this, man, like what, what's sticking out to you? Who are some of the names that you want to talk about in your rankings? And let's, uh, let's have a little discussion here. Yeah, I mean, I think for me anyways that when I was looking at this and when I was putting these together, at least what kind of w- what has changed from when we did this in early March before free agency, there hasn't been a lot that changed for me in terms of where I have these guys. Uh, I, I did put Aaron Jones at five. I think previously I had him at like 15 because I just didn't know where he was going to land. As we know, he landed back in Green Bay. And I feel pretty comfortable putting him where I have him. And I actually thought about putting him even higher, possibly three or four. Um, I mean, if you look at Aaron Jones over the last two seasons, he has been one of the most steady op- uh, you know, players you can draft in terms of fantasy football. But he does not he, but his ADP doesn't come out that way. Um, he's been a guy that you've been able to get and kind of you know, late first, early second in most fantasy drafts. And that's kind of a steal for what what he's been giving you because last year uh, he finished third in fantasy points per game. And the year before that, he was fourth in fantasy points per game. So, I mean, he's been a top five guy for the last two seasons. Uh, We know Jamal Williams is gone. He is now in Detroit. 
And so that obviously really helps him um, because of, from a passing game perspective, because Jamal Williams would always come in and, and take some of that pass catching work from him. Uh, now that's not really the case. So, I mean, if you look at him last year, he averaged about 15.6 touch or uh, touches per game, which was ninth best among all running backs, uh, 1,100 rushing yards, 46 receptions for 347 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns. Um, but he was just as efficient as he always is. Ninth in yards created, 19th in yards created per touch, uh, 11th in yards per outrun, and 4th in yards per touch. So the guy just continues to be, every single year of his career, one of the most efficient running backs in all of the league. And so, you know, for, for me, like, it's an easy call to put him here. Now the, the, the big wild card is, is Aaron Rodgers going to stay in Green Bay. Um, obviously, my thoughts would change on him if Aaron Rodgers were to leave, because I think this offense would, would majorly nosedive in that situation. So I feel pretty confident to have him when I got him. Yeah, that was it for me. It was just it. maybe I'm hedging a little bit and believing too much in the in the reports with Aaron Rodgers. And I know we talked about this a little bit, you know, pre-show, just in terms of kind of seems like Schefter didn't really have the sources, but it still seems like there are, you know, some major media guys who are still running with this you know, maybe may wrongfully so, but the the one thing I do slightly worry about, even if Aaron Rodgers is still there, you have Bakhtiari, who's getting a little bit older, was banged up last year a little bit. Now they have a rookie at center, so how's that offensive line going to pan out? But I do think that is, you know, your point about Jamal Williams and his targets is a good one there, especially if he can, you know, get s- some more of that work. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how much more involved AJ Dillon is this year. Like, do they use him as a you know short yardage goal line kind of back, or does Aaron Jones they finally just give him the the reins to that backfield and kind of let him uh, you know do his thing? One of the other things that stuck out to me was John, you having Jonathan Taylor at nine. We kind of just have these two players flip flopped in in our set of rankings. I have him up at three. You have him at nine. You have Aaron Jones at five. I have Aaron Jones at 11. But with you having JT at nine, uh, what are you not liking about that situation and from how we saw Taylor finish the year last year? So for me, I, I, it's mainly, you know, kind of this backfield and it being a little bit crowded. Um, you know, I know – with adding with Marlon Mack being re-signed, that was really something that kind of caught me off guard because, you know, I mean, he's coming off kind of a major injury, but, you know, by the time, you know, the season rolls around, it'll pretty much have been a year. So he'll have more than enough time to recover from that. But there was really no reason to bring him back. And the fact that they did, uh, I think that he's definitely going to get touches. And I think a lot of people aren't really factoring that in to where they have him right now. And I think he is going, I mean, I don't think it's going to be some large workload, but I know this backfield is going to be up in the air a little bit because, you know, we saw last year, Naheem Hines, whenever he was hot, you know, they, they would give him the touches. And and so I, I think that having him, you know, top five, I think is a little hot for me just because of all the other guys back there. I like Jonathan Taylor, but I, I just feel more comfortable with the guys that I have going ahead of him as being that kind of workhorse and and somebody that I, I feel really comfortable with, you know, getting return on on, on that value. So, yeah, I, I can see that. That's kind of how I feel with having Aaron Jones at, at 11 as well a little bit of a hedge on the Aaron Rodgers situation whatever is going on with that and like the, the guys I have ahead of them like I really don't feel like you know any of them are you know hot takes or guys that you know don't quote unquote deserve to to be ahead of him I will say like I'm not maybe Marlon Mack comes in and takes some touches but I mean from the from the torn Achilles that is that is not a, an ACL type of injury that you know guys just come back from and are 
and are the same. It was only a one-year, $2 million deal, and that just seems like a a franchise that just loves Marlon Mack. So it's kind of like it's a it's a win-win situation for them. They, they get to kind of see what he ends up being if he can recover, and if he doesn't, I said one year, two million dollar deal. It, it doesn't, you know, I mean, it doesn't really do anything to that franchise if he doesn't pan out. So I'm not necessarily worried about the the Marlon Mack touches. If you guys checked out our winners from the NFL Draft Show, you'll kind of get an idea of why I was so high in having Ceh here. Like, just in terms of like where he's going, like it feels kind of it feels kind of hot, but like I don't think it's hot at all just because he's being drafted like RB 14, 15, 16, depending on what site that you're looking at. Um, but like being a, being a top 10, like I, I won't be surprised at the least, obviously I have him there, but with what they did with that offensive line added no high impact target competition to come in and take anything away from him. I, you know, we've seen Andy Reid and what he's done with guys like Brian Westbrook. And that was a comp they made to him whenever they took him at the end of the first last year. So I think this could be – we could be getting the year we were expecting last year from Clyde this year. Going to have the the full offseason to get in there. Like I said, this offensive line went from being like bottom half of the league and shaky to now you're looking at them as like a top two, top three unit with, with what they did. It's just been absolutely insane to see how they've completely revamped that offensive line and that group in, a, in such a short amount of time too. So that's that's something I'm really excited to see with him. Uh, was there anything else in the uh, in the in our top twelve here that stuck out to you that you want to that you want to touch on? Only a couple of things would be one. I know people are going to have issues with Derrick Henry at seven. Uh, you know the the last the last ones we did on this back in March, uh, we got uh, some uh, disgruntled people watching the videos with have us having Derrick Henry at seven. And I did I do think I he was one of the guys I moved up. I, I think I, I think I took him from like eight or nine up to seven. Yeah, I th- yeah, you had him. It might have been ten. I think it was ten. You had him at seven. I actually moved him down because uh, I had him at five, I believe, and now I have him at seven. Um, and it wouldn't shock me again, like I said last time, if he if he drops a little bit more as we get closer and closer. Listen, I like Derrick Henry, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of negatives against him as well. Like he's not going to repeat the season he had last year, and I mean, he had a two thousand yard season last year, and he still wasn't the RB one. He still wasn't even the RB two. And and so like that's the problem with Derrick Henry with taking him that high. If you take him at two or three or one, you are drafting him at his absolute ceiling. And he had to have an historic season for him to get there. And that's the problem with taking Derrick Henry that high. Like if I'm going to take, I want somebody that has some built-in upside and Derrick Henry definitely has a capped upside because he has no pass catching volume. And that is a problem. So if he goes, if he has, he can still have a great year, rush for 1500 yards, 12 touchdowns, but that is not anywhere. That is not going to be a top five running back. If that's what he comes in with, because he has no pass catching work. And so, it's not it, like people taking him at one, two, or three are ridiculous and should get all the way the fuck out of here with that because you are you you are you are losing. You are not playing this game right if you're going to take Derrick Henry in the top three. Okay, I like Derrick Henry. He's a freak athlete. He's one of the best pure runners on all of the on all of football. There's no denying that. But he is not utilized like an all-around skill set running back. He's not doesn't get used like Christian McCaffrey or Aaron Jones or Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook. He doesn't get those opportunities as a pass catcher. And so when he doesn't, he is limited. And so 
you know, you can make a case, you know, okay, what about Nick Chubb? And, you know, we have Nick Chubb at eight. Like, if you look at Nick Chubb last year, Nick Chubb was fantastic last year as well, and he only played in 12 games. And he only and he did this on playing 49% of the snaps, but he averaged about 16 uh, carries per game. He had a 1,000 rushing yards, uh, 150 receiving yards, 12 touchdowns, but he ultra-efficient, right? Sixth innovative tackles, fourth in yards per touch, third in yards created, and first in yards created per touch, which was like 3.15 yards created every single touch, and he had 10 goal line carries. But Nick Chubb isn't being drafted in the top three. This is the move. Like, don't take Derrick Henry in the top three. I would, I would rather take, I would take Nick Chubb before I took. Well, I would want to take Derrick Henry just because I think he has a higher ceiling. Because we haven't seen him have that monster season yet, right? I, you know, you can wait a little bit longer if you know you have six, seven, eight, you know, somewhere in there. Yet, be thrilled to get Nick Chubb because Nick Chubb, even with Kareem Hunt there, you know, he's still he's still at one A. He's still getting all the the supreme carries there. So again, with Derrick Henry, I know the Derrick Henry haters are not going to like this and they're going to get upset and they're going to be in their feelings, but I'm telling you, he is absolutely capped and you do not draft him in the top three. I wouldn't take him in the top five, but I digress. If he's there, eight, nine, 10 pick overall, fine. Take Derrick Henry and, and, you know, enjoy, but there's a lot of other things, you know, that I think this, 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 this Titans offense can regress some, which, uh, um, because, you know, they've lost some pass catchers. Uh, their offensive line is okay. It's not great. So, but if this offense falls, uh, falters at all and, and is not as efficient that we've seen the last couple of years, that is going to negatively affect Derrick Henry. And so I just can't mess with it. The other two, uh, guys I think we should talk about is Joe. Well, Joe Mixon. Let's talk about him because. I know there's going to be people that are apprehensive with with messing with him. You know, we got we only got a few games out of him last year. But if you look at Joe Mixon last year, he was top 10 in fantasy points per game in the few games that he played. Uh, he was also top, I think, top three or top four in touches per game as well. Like, and this offense is going to be better than it was last year. They brought in Riley Reef. I know that you know we could say they, they should have taken an offensive lineman, you know, especially in the first round. They didn't, or they, they did not. You know, they went with Jamar Chase, and you know, I think that was a smart move. You you surround your rookie quarterback or your young quarterback with as much talent as possible. Now that wide receiver room is stacked with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. It. You know, so they don't have a tight end of consequence at all. I think it's still Drew Sample. So Joe Mixon likely is going to get a lot of pass catching work. Giovanni Bernard is gone, which really helps Joe Mixon in the passing game. And so Joe Mixon, I he's one guy that I, I I will probably continually raise up because I think that he has that type of ceiling. But he's not going to be. But again, another guy you're going to be able to draft a little bit later and get a, a good value on. You're not going to be drafted as high because that hype around him has started to falter. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, there are definitely some guys who you can feel good about getting after. And uh, let's jump into those rankings right now, 13 to 24. We're just going to touch on our top 24 tonight. You have Clyde at 13, Antonio Gibson at 14, rookie Najee Harris at 15, Miles Sanders, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Chris Carson at 19. Like I said, trigger warning for Josh Jacobs, Truther, and Raiders fans. Uh, you have Jacobs at 20, David Montgomery 21, and then the three winners uh, from the NFL draft with Gaskin, Edmonds, and Davis to round out your, your top 24. And I have Eckler at 13, Gibson at 14. We both have Harris at 15. Both have Sanders at 16. Both have DeAndre Swift at 17. We have Dobbins and Carson flip-flopped. I have them 18, 19. And then we have Montgomery and Jacobs flip-flopped. You have them at 21. I have them at 20. And then our last three are the same, just in some slightly different orders here as well. I have Davis at 22, Miles Gaskin at 23, and then Chase Edmonds at 24. As you were going through these, uh, these RB2s, uh, the the thing the thing that stuck out to me is there are some really really interesting names here that I would love to be able to grab in this area. I, I do think you know with with how fragile running backs can be just in terms of their injuries like this early on. The way that I am kind of thinking about attacking drafts, you know, for for this year is just hammering RB early, maybe throwing a tight end and then just slamming wide receivers, and we'll get to those rankings on our next show, but uh, that, that was a thing that stuck out to me is like, you know, I would be completely fine with having, you know, guys like that we have in that 22 to 24 range is like my, my RB3 if I'm just going to go really uh, running back heavy in my drafts. Uh, what, what stuck out to you and who are some of these guys that you want to touch on? Yeah, I think this is an actually a pretty interesting range of, of running backs as well. And I think there's some 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 really solid players here that I think that can outproduce wh- where they're going to end up being drafted. And, you know, I don't need to talk about Clyde Slayer. I agree with everything that you already said. I think this is the year that you should be drafting him because I think that, you know, you're going to be getting him in the second and third round. Um, Antonio Gibson. Again, he's that guy that uh, I felt like I really could put in the, in the top 12 if I wanted to. Uh, we saw how explosive he was last year. They didn't really do a whole lot to upgrade that position um, this year, which is something I wanted to, that, that is good to see. I think this offense as a whole is going to be better with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick now. So this offense with Curtis Samuel should take a step forward. I could see them using Curtis Samuel a little bit as, as, as a running back as well. We kind of saw that with Carolina. But I think Antonio Gibson is in a really good spot. And, uh, you know, this is a team that I think that I don't think they're going to be airing it out you know, 40 times a game. I think they are going to, you know, with that defense they have, keep the ball on the ground and really feed Antonio Gibson. So as long as Antonio Gibson can stay healthy, I really like him. And I think that he is a a guy that I'm going to be happy to take, you know, back into the second or the third round. Um, Najee Harris, you know, 
is going to be an interesting guy because I think he is a great redraft guy. But I think if we were talking dynasty, my, my thoughts would be a little bit different because I, I do have some reservations here with him because he's going to get the volume. And that's why I have him as high as he is because I think he is definitely a volume play. We know how Pittsburgh likes to utilize their running backs. He's got to get all the touches he can absolutely handle. But this offensive line is very shaky. If they suffer any kind of injury on that offensive line, we could be looking at big-time issues. If Big Ben goes down, we could be looking at big-time issues. But with running backs, volume is absolutely king. And you could make a case to have him in the top 12. I think what's going to end up happening is he's going to end up going inside the top 12. I think he's going to go and he's going to be the Clyde Edwards Lair of last year because of the of the landing spot and the the history of the, the Pittsburgh Steelers running back. Like he has definitely a ceiling. Like he can definitely, you know, be a top five running back, top six, seven running back this year. It definitely could happen if everything turns out correctly, because he's probably going to get two. 30 to 250 carries and he probably sees 50 targets you know in this in this backfield because of there's just nobody else there we know they're really not going to take him off the field if he didn't get hurt so you know Najee Harris for this year I think is somebody that you should you can take but again I think he's gonna end up getting um probably uh drafted too high and I I would probably then prefer just to pivot to I think you could go if you if you're really you know the rookie the rookies always go higher than what they should and Najee's not going to be any different like I almost put Travis Etienne in my top 24. I was really close to doing so. I think he's going to get enough volume as a pass catcher, you know, in PPR formats. That's going to make him viable. I think they're going to move him all over the field. I think they're going to use him in the slot. I think they're going to do all kinds of things to get the ball in his hands. So I don't hate having, you know, um, you know, Travis Etienne as a, 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 at that high, but for for year one and redraft, it's, it's got to be Najee Harris. Yeah, I agree. I was just looking up to to see where he was going because I wouldn't have been I w- I would have been surprised if he was going top twelve already. Najee Harris, I pulled up Best Ball Tens ADP and just over the past month. So this looks like out of thirteen drafts, he has gone as high as as high as RB fifteen. Uh, has an ADP of twenty four point one five. So going right there. At the, uh, at the end of the second. The thing that's going to hold him down a little bit for me and kind of what we were talking about with guys like Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb is I just don't see where his target volume is going to come from. Because then you look at guys that we have behind him, you know, like Sanders and Swift. Swift could be one of these guys. He's actually going above uh, above both of them. He Swift is going at RB13 right now in best ball 10s with an ADP of 18 Point seven, and the the thing I worry about there is, I just don't know how many carries that they are going to be able to support with their running back, unless they're just one of these teams. I mean, it, we we did see it a couple of years ago with Mixon and Cincinnati; they were just getting blown out of games. That they were just like, you know, it, screw it, we're going to hand the ball off to him thirty times anyway, even though we're trailing by, you know, uh, double digits. So maybe we get something like that. I think Swift's target ceiling could be pretty high, but like I just don't know how he's going to fare in terms of red zone opportunities and touchdowns and things like that. Uh, Chris Carson is someone who I definitely moved up following the the draft. Obviously, the addition of Gabe Jackson is really big for that offensive line. They're finally putting a bigger-named offensive lineman in there to, to help out Russ and the entire offense as a whole. So I think he's going to end up being a really good value um, David Montgomery, 
Obviously, I th- he I think he has the opportunity to go a little bit higher than what he should. You know, I think a lot of people are going to remember how he finished the season last year. The addition, obviously, of Justin Fields, they traded up and got Tevin Jenkins in the second after trading up for Justin Fields in the first. Obviously, that's going to help out. But then they brought in uh, Damian Williams. Tariq Cohen is is coming back. What do you is is this kind of the you know you were talking about not taking guys you know at their at their ceiling? Do you think like this is the ceiling for Montgomery? Where where we have him? Just your thoughts on uh, on Monty and then some of these uh, some of these other guys like Jacobs, Davis, Gaskin, and Edmonds as we finish us out. Yeah, I mean, I think that with David Montgomery, I, I think that he definitely could, you know, have he has a much higher ceiling than, than you know where we have him right now. We're probably a little bit lower on him than, than some other people are going to have him. Um, but you're right, people are going to. What ends up happening a lot in fantasy football is people remember what happened at the end of last year, and um, you know he had a monster ending to the season. You know he was one, arguably one of the best top two, top three, top four running backs in the league over the last you know five, six, seven weeks of the season, and so um, he really balled out. But he did all that without Tariq Cohen on the field, and that's my worry is that they're, they're, that they're, he's going to come back and Tariq Cohen is going to just go be right back to being the pass catching back and David Montgomery is going to lose those opportunities. Now, the, the good news for David Montgomery and where the ceiling comes from is I think this offense is going to be better than what it was last year with Nick Foles and Andy Dalton. And so if it is, and especially if they do the smart thing and start Justin Fields from day one, that really opens everything up for this entire offense and make this offense much more dynamic than what we've seen. Because this offense has been just fucking terrible, really outside of Allen Robinson and that little run of David Montgomery last year for the past two or three, four years, right? And so now you put Justin Fields, who is one of the most dynamic quarterbacks with his speed, his athleticism to be able to get out of the pocket and create plays, that I think that that really can open up this entire offense, take some of that heat off of Dave Montgomery and allow him to have more running lanes. Because we know Dave Montgomery, when he gets going, I mean, he is a guy that gets a ton of evaded tackles. You know, he breaks a ton of tackles. It's kind of his game, physical runner. And so if you kind of allow him to do that, then that, you know, he could have more touchdown opportunities uh, and stuff like that. And so I do think David Montgomery could end up being somewhat of a value because I think he's going to be a guy that you're probably going to be able to get late third, early fourth round, somewhere in that range. And if you can, I mean, he doesn't make for a bad RB2. These other guys I think are interesting. These these last three dudes that we got in here of Miles Gaskin. I like Miles Gaskin. There is some concern because they did bring in uh, Malcolm Brown, who seems to be the thorn in the back of a lot of running backs over the years. The guy just continues to live on. And the Dolphins really praised Malcolm Brown and said they, how much they really liked him um, whenever they brought him in. So that is something worth monitoring. It's uh, But I think Miles Gaskin has shown that he can be the kind of the lead running back here and I feel like that he's another guy that I think is just going to be really solid running back. You know, I mean, last year, once he went out, uh, as soon as he came back, even it's Kasavad Ahmed played pretty well in his, in his absence, and he came right back and took right back over this backfield. And they did absolutely nothing to upgrade this backfield. Um, they've still done nothing. They haven't. The only thing they brought in was Malcolm Brown. I do think Malcolm Brown, which in a video that I posted yesterday about some uh, some guys, some sleepers, late round guys, Malcolm Brown should be on people's radars because if anything were to happen to Miles Gaskin, I think he would step right in and be the the, the starting running back for this team. Chase Edmonds. We had Chase Edmonds higher. I know I definitely did. Dropped him down a little bit because they did sign James Conner. But 
I just don't have any faith that James Conner is going to be able to stay healthy. I don't know how much James Conner has left in the tank. I just think Chase Chase Edmonds was great last year on on his own right, you know, uh, playing limited touches last year, right? Like he's very efficient. He's still going to be heavily involved in the passing game here in this in this backfield. So I like Chase Edmonds as you know. I, I don't know if I would really feel comfortable having him as my like RB two, but I think if you can get him as like your RB three, I would feel really good about that guy. You can plug into your flex, and then the last guy. Uh, on the list is, is Mike Davis. I am shocked, shocked that, that that they are going into the season with Mike Davis as a starting running back. They didn't draft nobody. They have done nothing to try to upgrade this backfield. And it's just going to be Mike Davis season this year. I know Brian Hill is gone. I just was surprised that they didn't bring anybody else in. And I guess the running backs coach for Atlanta actually uh, coached Mike Davis and really liked Mike Davis. So that kind of made some sense of why that, why, why this happened. I'm not excited to draft Mike Davis. Are you? Like to me, it's just kind of like if he were to go in like the fifth or sixth round, and I needed a running back, maybe I would take him. But I, but he probably goes a little bit higher than that. Yeah, he's just one of those volume plays. Yeah, I mean, like who who else in that backfield are we are we really worried about? You know, I mean, in terms of taking touches away, and if if Julio is gone, maybe that opens up some uh, some more targets for Mike Davis as well because we saw him, you know, show the ability to be that three down you know, pass catching back as well. But yeah, man, I, I think you kind of, you covered and touched on all those guys. Obviously we don't have too much. It's different at all with, with this list. It's more or less just uh, switching the names around. So I think that is going to do it for the, for the running backs. We'll obviously get in deeper to these guys, go deeper than 24, the closer that we get to the season starting rankings will be up on the, on the site soon. So you guys can go check those out when it's time to do that. But just want to give you guys a, an idea of kind of where we're sitting. This is a good exercise for us anyway to kind of go through these names and get an idea of where we're going to have these guys, you know, in a, in a few months from now. So please be sure to slam that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. If you're checking us out on podcasts, if you leave a write and review for us, it really mean a lot. That helps get us our name out there. I know in the past, whenever we've asked like, hey, you know, share this with your friends, everyone's like, we don't want our friends getting the same information. So the way you can help us out on that front, leave a rate and review on the podcast. It really mean a lot. And we'll talk to all of you guys very soon. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.